Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Tori Eldridge, author of the novel The Ninja Betrayed, the third novel in the Lily Wong series. Tori, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your new novel, The Ninja Betrayed, how would you describe the novel? Ooh, well, I guess I have to start by describing the Lily Wong mystery series. It's about a Chinese-Norwegian modern-day ninja in Los Angeles. And the series is equal parts action thriller and intriguing mystery and complex family dynamics. So my heroine is Lily Wong, and she's 25 years old, and she's dedicated herself to the protection of women and children from violent situations. And she's done this ever since her younger sister was raped and murdered. And so Lily now works for a women's shelter and is also finding her way as an adult with her Hong Kong immigrant mother, who is a high-powered executive for her grandfather's international finance company, and with her North Dakota Norwegian father, who is actually an authentic Hong Kong cuisine chef above whose restaurant Lily lives. So in the first book, <laughs> The Ninja Daughter, Lily tangles with the Los Angeles Ukrainian mob, a Mexican street gang, and an assassin to save two women and an innocent child. In the second book, The Ninja's Blade, Lily goes undercover into the world of youth sex trafficking, while at the same time keeping her meddlesome grandparents who are visiting from Hong Kong <laughs> from ruining her mother's 50th birthday bash. And in both of these books, her family, namely her mother and grandparents, are conspiring to set her up with Daniel Kwok, the perfect Chinese son, who happens to be in Hong Kong during book three, the Ninja Betrayed. So in this new book, things get really personal for Lily in Hong Kong when she investigates her grandfather's business to save her mother from corporate attack. And the city is in turmoil in the height of the 2019 pro-democracy struggle. And Lily is juggling family tension and escalating romance with Daniel, which quite frankly, is scaring her to death. Uh, shady finances, duplicitous friends in the family business, murderous triads, and the wayward daughter of her grandfather's driver's daughter. Well, I, I think I already said that. Um, <laughs> of her grandfather's driver, who who is getting pulled into via volatile riots from these uh, activists. And so in The Ninja Betrayed, emotions are really high with love and intrigue and danger. And it's all set against this stunning backdrop of Hong Kong and a ridiculous amount of mouthwatering food. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great description. I'm curious, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing the first Lily Wong mystery novel? You know, I do. I was writing another novel completely you know, unrelated at the time, when um, I received a call for an audition, uh, not an audition, a submission for a short story. And I thought, oh, okay, uh, let me just try. And I had this premise in mind. And I just 
started writing. It, this was the fastest a short story ever came out of me. Usually it takes a month. This took two days. And on the page appeared this ninja. <laughs> and she was in a bar and she was stalking her sister's killer. And it goes awry. And in this, as soon as I wrote this story, I knew I was writing the beginning of a novel. And if I wrote that novel, it would likely begin a series. And, um, you know, time went on. I, you know, I submitted this and, and later it was published and I, I went on to write my other books and I was writing other short stories. And finally, my agent at the time said, stop what you're doing and write the ninja books. <laughs> I went, okay. <laughs> so uh, I did. <laughs> well, I'm curious about that. When, when you sat down to write the first novel, did you know that there would be a series and did you do any planning ahead in terms of info maybe that you would introduce in one novel that you would pick up in another? Do you know what I mean? Did, did you do any kind of overarching kind of planning? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, not entirely. I, once, once I knew I was going to set on this course, then it became about who, who Lily Wong really is and what her family dynamic is and who are these people. And understand that I drew a lot from my own personal experience because, you know, as I mentioned, Lily's mother is a Hong Kong immigrant. Her father is Norwegian from North Dakota. They live in Los Angeles. So my mother is Chinese Hawaiian from Maui. My father was Norwegian from North Dakota. They met and married in Tokyo where they had my two sisters and then moved to Honolulu and had me. So, so there, I have a deep well of cultural, uh, input, you know, from which to draw. But even when, even that said, when I was looking at who is this, you know, first generation Chinese American, who is this young woman? I interviewed a lot of my friends, you know, to get a collective experience so that out of that, I could really get to know Lily Wong. And from that, I kind of reversed engineered to figure out who were her parents, because they're most certainly not mine. And what I really wanted to do was, you know, dive into this and also bust through the sensationalized myth, right, of ninja. And, mm -hmm. and I drew from my own experience because I happened to hold a fifth degree black belt in the ninja arts, Toshindo. And so, so I really wanted to bring that authenticity. And of course, I've lived in Los Angeles for over 35 years. And as luck would have it, I now have a granddaughter whose mother is from Hong Kong. So it's it's kind of insane. So I began with who is Lily? Who is this family? And from all of this, once I did that, once I understood who she was and this dynamic, I had laid the path in my mind to evolve her character and all these relationships over the course of a series for however many books, you know, readers were interested or, or my publisher was interested in writing. And so I didn't map out what that character arc was. I just knew that here she is, she's 25. She and her family are dealing with this tragic occurrence of, you know, having her younger sister raped and murdered. There's grief, there's unearned guilt, there's secrets, there's coming of age, there's, you know, all these things going on. There's so much room for her to grow and evolve. And of course, she's at an age where everything is up for grabs, 
right? When you're 25, you, you, you learn so rapidly. You make the worst mistakes, the most adventurous decisions. And, and so I just knew that that's what was going to happen. And I knew that if the series went, I would have to, at one point, take her back home to her mother's homeland in Hong Kong. And when I was writing the second book, I knew that that time would be book three. So are you working on another Lily Wong novel now? I am. I am. I can't, I'm not going to tell you where this one's going, but I will say that if you read the third Lily Wong book at the very end, you'll know exactly where the fourth book takes place. <laughs> and here's the hint. It's not in Los Angeles. <laughs> That's great. So, so I'm wondering if you can take me back. What was your initial writing journey that led you to writing fiction and writing whatever your first novel? Oh my goodness. Um, I have a really eclectic path. So um, I always enjoyed writing. It was always a strength of mine, even in high school. But when I was 16, I committed myself to becoming a dancer, singer, actor on Broadway. And that was my goal. And so I went to Northwestern, not as a journalism major, which would have come in real handy right about now. <laughs> I went as a theater major and stayed a year. And the next year I went to New York. And by the time I guess I was 19, maybe, um, I landed my first Broadway musical. And so I did uh, a few big productions, um, probably the biggest of which was the first national company uh, of Cats. And that was back in, oh goodness, 1983, 84. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, I left the East Coast and I came out Los Angeles and I did some television and film. See, no writing yet. Did television and yeah. film, ended up as a series regular on the love boat, did some movies, Final Fantasy, all this kind of stuff. Um, had my two sons and my husband, uh, made a change in career and became a producer, a television film producer. And so we got all of these screenplays and teleplays coming into the home. And I was an addictive reader. I still am. And uh, so I started also reading screenplays. And I really enjoyed the medium and I learned a lot. And, and at one point I had an idea. And so so my husband was like, you should, you're a great writer. You're a great reader. You should write this out. So I did. My first attempt was lousy. My second attempt ended up earning a semi-finalist spot for the Academy Nicole Fellowship. So I thought, hmm, maybe, maybe I, maybe I can write. Yeah. So I decided to, I wrote more, uh, screenplays, but everybody who read them said, oh my gosh, the language, the prose, you should really be writing novels. And so, I expanded one of those screenplays into a very early version of what is now Dance Among the Flames, which is a dark fiction Brazilian horror novel of mine that's going to be coming out in May. And I, I wrote this novel and oh my gosh, I, you know, I loved it, but I wasn't ready to commit to the business of writing. I, I didn't really know what that business was. I just knew I wasn't ready to do it yet. <laughs> and so I kind of put it aside, raised my kids, um, started taking karate, and uh, became absolutely obsessed with the martial arts, discovered the ninja arts. The next thing I knew, I was a fifth degree black belt. I was writing and blogging about, you know, uh, women's empowerment and physical and emotional protection. I was doing all this stuff. But I wanted to write another novel. And 
So I guess it was about six months before my 50th birthday. I couldn't stand it any longer. I, I had a novel in mind and I started writing it. And I stopped myself at about three chapters and I said, you know, I should go check what's in my closet. And, and I did. And I went, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> um, and I think I'm ready to, to commit, right? So that became the book on which I learned my craft. I joined associations. I went to conferences. I built relationships. I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and, uh, you know, ended up, ended up here. <laughs> so that was my circuitous route to writing fiction. That's an amazing journey. <laughs> <laughs> it well, certainly well, what, is unique. <laughs> yes. But you know, well, here's what, the funny thing. The, mm -hmm. the acting really helped. It really did. It helped with character and plot and just because I'm kind of a method writer now. Mm -hmm. And I think that came from acting. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And and how does that work for you? Just putting yourself into the role of the character that you're writing about? Yeah, I've got I've got a wicked imagination, and I I've always been a real make believe pretender. You know, it's kind of how I played as a kid, and it's kind of how I write as an adult, especially when I'm doing dialogue, which is hilarious because I um I read it out loud as I'm writing. So I should say I act it out loud as I'm writing. So I don't know what my neighbor, when I write outside, I don't know what my neighbors are think, thinking or going on. And in The Ninja Betrayed, this third book is so, uh, it has some real emotional uh, scenes in it. I mean, there's a lot of humor, there's tons of adventure, there's intrigue, there's romance, but there's a lot of really extreme emotion as well. And I remember writing this one scene between Lily and her mother, and I'm outside. And I'm writing this scene, so emotional, right? They're, they're hashing out these secrets and oh, things are bubbling up. And I'm writing and I'm, and I'm talking and I'm acting and I am ugly sobbing. I mean, just <laughs> ugly sobbing. And I'm writing and I'm talking. And I, you know, I'm sure my neighbors are just like, oh my God, what's going on over there? Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, given your, your journey and your circumstances, circuitous route. I, I always get m mixed up on that word, but um, what, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? Oh, goodness. You know, I, I think what I've realized over the last 10 years is that there is no one single way to write, and there is no one single journey, and the idea is to find what works for you. And, you know, the, the method in which you write, do you outline, do you not outline, do you, do you write longhand, do you write on a computer, do you start with short stories, do you start with long fiction, do you write in the morning or the evening, you know, with tea or with scotch or, you know, whatever it is. And I, I think the secret is to simply start writing and pay attention to your own personal, natural rhythm? When do you have the most creative energy? When, uh, in, in 
what way does that creativity come out and actually hit the page? And whatever that is, honor it and capitalize it and, and use it to keep writing. That's good advice. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Hmm. Well, it's October, so I've been doing some horror. <laughs> and of course, I have this new book, um, The Dance Among the Flames, that is a very dark fantasy horror, you know, um, thriller type of thing. So I, I've been reading that sort of thing. So I just finished J.D. Barker's new book with James Patterson called The Noise. And oh my gosh, this thing is really terrifying. And very interesting, very unique. So I recommend that. And before that, I read The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. That mm -hmm. just blew me away. It had everything I want in a book. Diving into, um, you know, a, a deep community, which in, in this case is the Blackfoot community. Um, you know, it has meaning and social relevancy and tremendous uh, relationships, but also great imagination and uh, tension and suspense. Highly recommend it. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novels and the Lily Wong series? Oh, goodness. Well, if you Google search Tori Eldridge, T-O-R-I, uh, you will find me everywhere. But the easiest thing is to just go to my website, ToriEldridge.com. I have tons of fun things, including videos of me doing ninja uh, martial arts. And so that's fun. I even have a reader's page with book club kits and discussion topics and recipes and all this kind of stuff. So ToriEldridge.com, it's way fun. I love Instagram, writer.tori. And uh, I'm on Twitter, Tori Eldridge, and I'm on Facebook. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, I really enjoy giving away books from my talented friends every month. That's wonderful. Well, again, we've been speaking with Tori Eldridge, author of the new novel, The Ninja Betrayed. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Tori, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, may I add one thing? I have Absolutely. an amazing audiobook narrator. I need to give a huge shout out to Natalie Naudis. So if your listeners are fans of audiobooks, and I am very sure they are, you are going to be in for a treat. And she does a phenomenal job on all three books. But I got to say, The Ninja Betrayed knocked my socks off. And if you want to just dive in right there with book three and you want to go to Hong Kong, go for it. You will fall right into the world of Lily Wong. That's wonderful. Thanks for letting us know that. I'm a huge fan of audio books. So. so thanks again for taking the time to talk to us. Okay. My pleasure. Great. Now stay tuned for a brief excerpt from the audio book of the Ninja Betrayed by Tori Eldridge, available wherever audiobooks are sold. We ran up the cantilevered road until we spotted the women hanging over the railings on either side. What happened? I asked in Cantonese. Our dog ran through the bars and fell. We don't see her anywhere. The other woman wailed as she stared down. Ah, oh, yes, Sosu, our sweet little mouse. Where have you gone? She went in through here? 
I pointed to the bars on the uphill side of the road, where solid ground fell away into branches and leaves. How will we get her out? I took off my backpack and climbed over the railing onto the last bit of solid ground where Hill met road. Lily, are you crazy? What are you doing? You could slip under the path and fall down the cliff. I grabbed the railing and sidestepped until I felt the drop in the ground. I'll be okay. Hanging onto the bars, I lowered myself through the tops of the plants until I hit the earth. I let go with one hand and grabbed onto a sturdy branch with the other. Daniel kneeled on the pavement and looked down at me through the leaves. Do you need a hand? Maybe later. The hillside sloped under the road with a yard of headroom before it dropped into a cliff. I'll be right back. I let go of the railing and crawled under the road into the dense growth. Susu, come here, girl. Here, Susu. The chihuahua whimpered up ahead. I followed the sound, exchanging one branch for another to keep from sliding down the steepening hillside. Where are you, little mouse? The dog barked, then whimpered, as if the effort might have hurt. Are you okay? Daniel called from above. I found Susu. Be careful, don't risk your life for a dog. It's a little late for that. I let go of a branch and slid to the base of a tree growing at an angle from under the cantilevered road. Its trunk and branches reached for the sky on the view side of the railing. A couple yards to my right, the chihuahua whimpered, trapped in the roots of another tree. Daniel? Yes? In my backpack, you'll find a short hank of climbing rope. Why are you carrying around rope? Long story. I didn't have time now to fabricate an explanation. Unwind it, then tie one end to the top of my pack and the other to the railing on the left side of this tree. I bounced on the trunk to shake the branches. Can you see it? Yes, good. Make sure your knots are secure. Um, okay, hold on a second. A minute later, Daniel lowered the backpack. Make it swing. Like this? The backpack swung near and away, but not close enough to reach. A little more? As I climbed up the slanted tree trunk, the drop below me increased to 50 feet. Okay, let the rope swing on its own. I caught it, passed the rope under the trunk to my other hand, and shimmied down the trunk. All I needed now was the dog. Using roots and branches to keep from sliding over the edge, I crawled to Susu. She licked my hand and whimpered. I made a nest for her in my backpack, pulled her out of the hole, and stuffed her inside. Be calm, little mouse. You're almost free. I zipped her in and crawled back to my tree. Daniel, I have Susu in the backpack. In a moment, I want you to pull her up. I climbed up the trunk, then eased the precious bundle over the side. When the pack swung away from me into open space, Susu yipped and whimpered. Pull her up. As Daniel raised the pack, I studied the hillside to see if I could go up the way I'd come down. Some of the plants had uprooted during my slide. The soil around them had sloughed away. I considered the tree. If the branches had been stronger near the top, I might have climbed them to the railing. As it was, the flexible branches would bend me away farther over the cliff, assuming they didn't snap. I have the dog, Daniel yelled. Good. Tie the rope to the other railing and toss the end under the road. And Daniel? Yes. Tie a knot at the end to give it some weight. A few moments later, the knotted end of the rope bounced down the hill and settled a yard out of my reach. I braced my feet against the base of the tree and jumped up the slope, grabbed the rope, and slid until the slack tightened and yanked me to a stop. 
Are you okay? Yep. I pulled myself up hand over hand across the slick soil. The slope was steeper here than where I had descended, but soon I reached a solid patch of hill where I could dig in my feet. A few pulls later, I reached the edge of the road and Daniel's outstretched hand. I climbed over the railing, looking considerably worse for the wear. Are you all right? You could have been seriously injured. I can't believe you did all of that for a dog. You don't like dogs? Of course I do, but not as much as I like you. That's sweet, Daniel, but I wasn't doing anything I couldn't handle. You saw me on that high bar. I'm more capable than you think. I know, it's just... He handed me my pack with a shaky smile. Can we go back to dinner dates? Dinner? After all of this, I want lunch. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.